The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. It's obvious we live in a world that thinks right is wrong and wrong is right. How do you arrive at a point like this that we have so much varied belief, except the doctrine of diversity has taught this, the doctrine of political correctness has taught this, and I would say, easily, there's a majority against this, a prevailing thought, of the people who reason, the people who have worked as children and grown up and have common sense by doing various things. And so this poses a dichotomy. How can we have the prevailing thought and everything we do in the law, winning over us, when a minority of people afford diversity, political correctness, or doctrines, and we as a majority of thought can't. People are naturally conservative. 
even in liberalism, there's thoughts in one's house that they wouldn't accept. That they may in the general culture. It's innate and natural that we gravitate toward that. Because we see in ourselves something higher than what the general culture grows into. So why are we losing? Why is it prevailing? Sin, our sins. When God decides to make a judgment against us, not us making the judgment, but when God decides to put a judgment against something, there's nothing we can do, no matter how we fight, no matter what we do, no matter what political power we have or how powerful, how much money we got, nothing will prevail when God decides it's over. And so it is Our Lady who comes for 31 years to tell us, to warn us, it is over. I'm not here for a party. I'm not here for a celebration. I'm here for victory. I'm here for triumph. A triumph over evil. And if it's evil that's prevailing over us, can that stand in the presence of daily apparitions every day. I'm asking you these questions knowing that you're going to answer them in an affirmative way to draw the conclusion you need to decide. As the real answer, I, myself, and me am at fault for what we have inherited. We get the leaders who we are. We get everything back to us as it comes to us. We've produced a lot of bad, even though we may be wearing our shirt and ties and look need to have all of this and we're enlightened. We're going to church, we're praying. All the time, as Our Lady says, many Christians live as pagans. Repeatedly, the theme of Our Lady is change your mentality. She says this, the one word, conversion. The process of conversion is changing one's mentality. What do you believe? How do you believe? Why do you believe? She's coming to tell us what to believe, why we should believe it, and how to believe that. Once you understand these principles, you'll see. When you look through the window, out of your house, or out of your office, or out of your car, and see the direction society is going, you're really looking in a mirror back at yourself. It's going the direction you pointed it to. It's who you are. It's who I am. As Lady said recently, you are because of God, and God is I am. We're to be like Him. So when Our Lady says, be a reflection of Jesus, don't respond like, don't think you're Jesus. You're supposed to be. I said some things talking one time when a guy comes and says, well, you ain't Jesus. So that's not what Our Lady says. Be my son. If Jesus is our brother, Mary is our mother, then who are we? As long as people can tell a lie that we're not Jesus, we're not to reflect him then, then we won't be. Be perfect as the Father is perfect, the scriptures tell us. Will you make it? No. But having that desire makes perfection, not your failures. 
Accepting and living the commandments don't mean you won't break them. If you acknowledge the Sabbath, you know you're a sinner, you fail them, that's keeping them. Because you know you need to repent. It's not keeping them. We say, well, it's not a big deal for breaking the Sabbath. Or it's not that big a deal for this or that. Or if I put things first, materialism, because I need them, or my family needs this, instead of the love of God. We even forgot what blasphemy is, or sacrilege is. We don't have the sensitivity. We don't know what's right anymore. We don't know what's wrong anymore. Everything's one big blur. I'm writing about this now. I'm writing about the big blur. For ladies, second of the month apparition that took place this morning. We're not going to release it today. I'm going to release it tomorrow. I want to spend the rest of the day writing it. Normally we post it. Because it's too important. All right, second of the month messages are getting longer and longer. And the point, man, God, Jesus is speaking at the Last Supper. Jesus continues after the Last Supper. Jesus preceding the Last Supper talks a lot. One who gets Christ might say, oh, he's a babbler. He was babbling. He was speaking so much. No, he knew his time was short. Our lady has told us, your time is short. So with the shorter time we get, do we get longer messages? I say the last several messages of the second of the month have been longer. By and large, on the average now, the 25th messages have become smaller. And the second of the month's messages have increased. Look at the length of it. Look at last month's length of it. That's a message. Don't just read words and try to see into what a lady's doing. Everything she does is an action. You want to discern this place? You want to discern this mission? A lady didn't come to the bedroom, even of recent times, or to the field of recent times. Everybody say we're an evil mission, or I'm evil. She didn't come, and all of a sudden, she looks above her, and there's three angels there. Uh-oh, they got out, just like a beehive or something. I mean, they just show up just like that on their own? That's affirmation or something. It's not bragging. If this place was what the enemies say it is, that's not going to happen. That's why we can stand in confidence in what we do. That's why we can look hatred in the face. And that's why we can love those who hate us. Because we know, I know, I believe Our Lady when she says, be an apostle. Do you? Do the enemies of mission, this mission believe that? How do they judge it? And so no one knows right or wrong anymore because of blind. And even us. I'm amazed some of the things that get revealed to us that we didn't see before. We didn't see it last year or yesterday. The messages are come to peel off layers and ages of thought that's grown in heart, in our heart, as stone. Are you come to crack that? Are you willing to let that be peeled off like a layer of skin? We're burned by the culture. To be healed of that means when you're burned physically, you go to the hospital, they peel and scrub your skin every day on these burns. A horrible, horrible, painful thing. And you feel that pain in the heart. You often do if you're going to change your life. It's not a pleasant experience. Some don't want any more of it, so they back away from the message. Some don't, go, don't want to go through it, so they, they compensate by doing something else. Well, I'm living the messages this way. 
It's not your way. It's not my way. It's Our Lady's way. There's no other way for the future except to set out with her son, set out with her, and follow her. It's her words say, who says, you listen to me. So we have a judgment against our economy. It will not be there when you're going to be in need of it most. So why would you not make the most strongest decision now to get as far away from the building as crashing as possible? I'm telling you, the economy will crash. Life as we know it will change. There's no other way around it. God's judgment is against it. Did a lady say that in words? Yes, she did. How? Many ways. Bring your three angels here. Tells me more about admission and confidence in the direction we should walk and continue despite what people might think. And so it is with all the overall messages. It's there. It's in the core. It's in the spirit of truth. You can't see it? You think maybe? Or maybe some politician or government or program is going to get us out of this? You're not praying. You're simply not praying if you think things are going to return to normal or this is going to resurrect and we're going to thrive. God's allowing it to happen just like he did to forestall in the rain when Noah built the ark. Are you building your ark? Do you have it in your hands to do so? You better believe it. Send the message. Send all the writings from here. Study them, read them, listen to it. We're living something. We're not putting philosophical thoughts like a university professor telling you to do this. It's our life. A lady told me through Maria, be a witness with your life. What we live here is that. I don't know how to convey it to you any more than living it. I don't transmit empty things, ink on paper. It's what we live in our daily life. Somebody recently said, wrote in a comment, you live an extraordinary life in an extraordinary way. And that's simply what we're called to do. To live life, the everyday affairs, our state in life, our ordinary things, whether it's cleaning the bathroom or running a press here, or whether it's meeting personages of high caliber in our culture, or meeting those of the street who have nothing doesn't matter. The soul's a soul. And what we do with those things makes it extraordinary. Or makes it where there's an ordinary result. If you live the ordinary, you'll have extraordinary results. If you leave it through grace and through the message. If you live the ordinary life by the ways of the world always trying to get things, your life will be very, very lowly in the sense of what your soul feels is contentment, is satisfaction, is consolations. It's not there. So I do it. In the scriptures, it talks about a rich man is wealthy by a strong village, a strong city, it says. That's what they find the first shots about. A strong village. That makes you rich. A place you can eat from, a place you can live in, a place you can be safe in, a place you can have your autonomy. That's wealth. 
it, it amuses me that there's so many people talking about investments that's got millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars, that they don't have the wisdom and the foresight to see, why don't I go buy a thousand acres? Why don't I put 25 houses on it? Why don't I do applications and let people who have shared values with me move on there, live on there free, and let them grow food? And my investment is, is they protect my family. We have our own little chapel there. Be a Baptist, be a Catholic, be whatever it is. And through this, that wealthy man has security. His kids around people who have shared values, you can raise them, not with just you, but the pressures that are exerted on, are exerted on these kids. More of an agricultural life. He can still keep his business. He wouldn't know it. What better investment is that to do what the Scripture says? A rich man is his strong city. In this case, a village. I don't know why one of the major investments of people who have funds aren't building villages all over the place. doesn't make any sense to me. You eat free, you eat better. That's your investment on your return. You help others. They don't want to walk the life that you give them and let them live there free. You say, well, there'll be bums. No, you don't application those and screen them to get bums. You got to think out of the box and you got to think different for this time. And so what is right? What is wrong? John's got an example of showing how this dichotomy exists in our culture today. This comes from blog, blogger S.C. Sherman, who wrote, Are we becoming a society that punishes heroes? What is a hero? The dictionary definition is a man of distinguished courage or ability, admired for his brave deeds and noble qualities. I submit that they still exist even in our sissified world of metro men and outright femboys. Recently, Heroic behavior was on full display in a Florida school bus. An unnamed 16-year-old man and two of his friends acted as heroes. They displayed great courage and acted bravely in the face of danger. They displayed distinguished and noble qualities. They are true heroes. This 16-year-old man risked his own life to save another kid and a whole busload of innocent kids. The hero was unarmed when he inserted himself into a life-and-death situation. The perpetrator had a loaded handgun pointed to the head of another kid on the school bus. He had been arguing with another teen and was now threatening to kill him, and he had the means to do it. Our hero tackled the suspect and disarmed him. His quick thinking and action was both brave and honorable. No shots were fired. No one died. And the bad kid was with the loaded gun got arrested. Awesome, right? Well, no. Did our wonderful public school system have a pep rally and honor our hero? Did they put up a picture of him in the hallways with the word hero under it? No. They immediately suspended him for being involved in an incident involving a gun. Yeah, you read that right. Here it is in plain English. A teen got on the school bus with a loaded handgun, pointed it at the head of another teen and threatened to kill him. Then said hero tackles and disarms the teen with the gun, thus saving everyone's life. The kid with the gun is arrested 
and then the hero kid is immediately suspended from school for being involved. What kind of mixed message are we sending? This kid should be honored, given a medal for bravery or something. We don't see this in every teen out there. This was noble behavior, but instead we punish it. I will oppose this story with another story. An adult in my hometown last week chose not to be a hero. A man and a woman were having a fight in a parking lot. He was choking the woman. It was a gun-free zone, by the way. An innocent bystander came to the woman's aid only to have the perpetrator pull a gun. Then the bystander puts his hands up and said, You win, and walked off. Good luck, lady. You're on your own. That would be known as less than heroic behavior. Behavior not noble and not distinguished, but probably more what is more normal for our current state of affairs. What this teen did is abnormal. Abnormal in a great way. How can a school administration be so stupid as to punish this kid? How about connect him up with a marine recruiter or something? How about tell him all the great things he could experience and learn by building upon his naturally God-given heroic qualities? Don't kick him out of school for saving everyone's life. Are you kidding me? How about firing the superintendent or principal or whoever enforced this ignorant action? Would they rather our hero sat quietly in his seat as a fellow student was shot and killed? Well, would they? Common sense has left our nation. I don't know what else to say. I just shake my head at this stuff. I sincerely hope someone who knows this hero takes an interest in his life and tells, and tells him thanks. Maybe a parent of a kid on the bus or a teacher or the bus driver could do it. Someone, anyone, please, I beg you, go to our hero and say something like this. Don't worry about this crazy school suspension. You're a hero, man. You saved my son's or daughter's life. You didn't have to do it, but you did. People I know and love are alive today because of what you did. I'm proud of you for who you are. That school is wrong. You are a hero and you always will be. No school or government can take that away from you. It's who you are. Don't ever forget it. Then put your arm around that kid and take him out to his favorite place to eat or whatever he wants to do. Honor that young hero. Moments like that don't come around all that often in life. He met the challenge. He rose to the occasion. It should be heralded as a pivotal moment in his life for good, not punished. The spirit of a hero that is in that unnamed man, young man is still alive in America. It's just being persecuted, belittled, and run underground, but it's still there. Being a hero isn't what it used to be. But then again, most real heroes don't need any accolades. However, it would be nice to not be punished for heroic behavior. God bless this young man. He is a real hero. We had gone to the post office years ago downtown, and it's a big room, and you go in there, and there's three clerks back there talking behind the counter. Our community person sits there, waiting for the wait on him, waiting on him, and they wouldn't, they wouldn't even look at him. They wouldn't even acknowledge him. Finally, after about five minutes, he says, are y'all going to wait on me? He said, take a number. Nobody else is in the room. We've lost something. We've lost the understanding of why law is law or rule is a rule. So this guy gets suspended because he's involved with the gun, with, the, with an incident with the gun. 
See, we've been conditioned because a computer at the bank teller tells you can't do this or you can't override this. No reason can be applied to that to do it when they see there's an error. The computer won't let me. I can't do it because the computer won't give me permission. Or I can't do this because I'm not allowed to. Everything is to be applied with reason. I'm at Delta, last trip I'm on. My flight was not full. And I was there early enough to catch the earlier flight, which wasn't full. And I said, can I go get on this flight? I didn't have check luggage. So there's nothing to worry about there, because that would be a reason not to. And he looks and looks and looks, and this thing goes. He said, no, we can't do that. It costs you cost you 100 bucks." I said, suppose a group comes in, and you book these other flights, you got these other seats on the next flight taken up. Or another one cancels, you have to shift people around. It just makes sense if I can go now to put me on that flight. We can't do that. Why not? Because the rules. Well, what's the reason for the rule? You have to be charged X amount of dollars. It wouldn't cost you nothing. In fact, the more they get off quicker the cheaper it's going to be if there's a potential other purchaser or somebody. It doesn't make any sense. We have no common sense to sit there and say to the people in the field, hey, apply that with reason. There's no reason not to let him go and get back sooner. Every law is to be applied applied with reason. In other words, what's the reason for the law? The reason for the gun incident is anybody involved, that should be suspended. If they were not what this guy was doing, the rule was never intended for that, but we've grown so stupid. We've lost wisdom. And we don't even have the gumption to override that as a principal saying, I'm not going to apply this. He's a principal to be a judge in that sense of this incident. Hey, this kid had nothing to do with it. He is a hero. So this is where we are in a general culture. And the system drives itself. And it's going to turn against all of us. And that's why I just come here to dismantle this thing as a terror babble. To give us a, a temporary run and the future of the run of what the time of Antichrist will be like. We're there. Frank? Yeah, it would be shocking if you didn't see these things every day. But truth is attacked in the world that we live in. Just like the calls that we'll get on occasion, we haven't for a long time, about those that do attack this mission. And uh, it's it doesn't make any sense. Our ladies doing things here as important, or uh, here at Caritas, as important in Medjugorje, more important than Medjugorje in some of our messages. And the fruits of the mission, the fruits of the writing, are they, they're in contrast to these things. But this is the spirit of the world. The, the truth is attacked, and it, it's illogical. You would disarm a million Americans to every one that could do, do a crime against the innocent. And that, that gun owner that could do a crime against the innocent is going to get a gun anyways. So it makes absolutely no sense to disarm a million law-abiding citizens for every one that could commit a horrendous crime. And it doesn't stop the crime. It makes no sense. It makes no sense that the Dow is at all-time highs, and the important commodities, silver and copper, are below, you know, at 52-week lows, and you know, two and a half-year lows in terms of silver. And I've gotten three calls in the last 24 hours of people wanting to sell me an investment. And these things happen at market tops. And I told the guy today, and he, he interrupted me, cut me off. He listened to me the second time. I said the fundamentals are not there. We have negative uh, demographics. We, did, we have baby boomers retiring and a negative generation following them. Um, just logical things that make chasing, uh, you know, stocks or uh, paper investments, that this, they don't make any sense. It is going to come down. It's not real. It's just this stupidity that truth is attacked and nonsense is, is chased after. And the truth is, is silver has been a store of wealth for thousands of years. And it's purchased a hundred times what it does today. And the truth is, our lady comes and tells us, you can't understand the greatness of your role. 
and how important it is for us to be Jesus to the world, as you've said, and to understand that this is a, this is our calling. The saying is, you are what you eat. And we Catholics have all seven sacraments, and we've been given much, and we should give much to the world to show them Jesus, that Our Lady is forming us. Well, it's, uh, the stock market now is right, and the silver market is wrong. It's just the opposite of what we know to be true. Never in the history of the world has man been able to manipulate silver as he does now through the falsehood he lives and what we've built as a system, an antichrist system, in the sense that you just said that silver always has bought 100 times more in the past than it does now. That doesn't even make sense, except for the fact that that's the right way, because truth is what's intrinsically of value. If you say what's intrinsically of value that has no, is not valuable, then that's untruth. What's value can't be changed. That's the truth. And so we have a system telling us that this thing has no intrinsic value. Basically, maybe a little bit, they may concede if they even concede that. But through the paper market, they manipulate this thing to suppress and keep it down because they know it's a threat to the system that's been built. So what do you run to? A big landowner, I've said it before, told me he buys when people are selling and he sells when people are buying. They're not selling a lot of anything of value right now. Now's the time to be buying. Because most people out there, what's the majority? 99% of the people buying silver today are going to be buying paper, right? It's 99 Absolutely. to 1. 99 to 1 is what it used to be like a year ago. And I would, maybe, Is it more than that now? I, w- I would think, logically, that in order to perpetuate the scam, when silver's more rare than it's ever been, you, you have to get more and more people to, to be satisfied with a paper exposure, or the real commodity is going to be bought up, and then they can't control it anymore. Okay, so follow, so following the principle of this, this landowner, he says he buys when they sell and he sells when they buy. We've got a false facade that so many people are selling right now, which by his principle, you might think, okay, now's the time to, to sell or buy, but we're looking at two different things. On the other hand, only 1% of the people are selling their, 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 their are buying silver, or rather selling the hard silver. Now's the time just to do the opposite with this principle. In other words, buy the hard good, which nobody's buying, and, and sell the paper. But if people hold the hell paper they demanded the silver, it's not there. It'll go straight to the roof. So this is it's saying standing on untruth. It can't work. And so if somebody's calling or worried about that, you're in this thing for a little bit of a long term, <clears throat> maybe a short term, long term. In other words, we know it's intimate. We know it's coming. It's just when. If you can get your, get your land first and you do what you do, yeah, that's the first choice. That's above silver. But if you can't, your next option is to do this. So, Frank, where is silver now as far as per ounce? It's bouncing between 22 and 24. Today it's probably closer to 24, 23, 70, maybe the last time that I looked on the spot price, the wholesale price. I'm, um, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you, you're, in, you're insane. I want to inject this way. I want you to keep talking. You're insane if you have any money in the bank that's just sitting there and not putting silver. 
You're completely crazy, ludicrous. It doesn't make any sense. If you can't put it in land right now, put it in something that has value. Go ahead, Frank. The, the dollar's strong, and it's purchasing more than it has in a long time, and you're going to get great uh, deals with the dollar because this is where people fly to, but silver's the greatest. It's the greatest deal. It's the most undervalued. It'll outperform anything. We Even in terms of gold, you get 61 ounces. For an ounce of gold today, and it was 30 uh, just uh, two years ago in April of 2011. So um, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to have anything in paper here. The silver is going to outperform that, and it's going to give you safety. It's not going to zero. It's not going to lose 90% of its value. It's not going to lose half of its purchasing power. It is uh, a very important industrial metal, and it is a monetary metal synonymous with money. If you're looking at, okay, I'm sold, I'll buy silver, and you just go buy some silver bars or silver coins or even American Eagles, it's just as crazy to do that as it is buying paper. It's better than paper, but it's not better than the Maracas metal measure go around. Frank, you want to explain why? Yeah, thank you. For, thank you. Thank you for saying that because there's nothing that is more painful in this ministry than to hear somebody I bought numismatics are, you know, which is a total ripoff. But, um, what is Manatics? Explain numismatics. Yeah, and there's going to be, you pay 40% premium for them um, in anything. Physically, you're going to do better with us. We have no shortages. We have no delays. We are still a dollar fifty over spot selling dollars under uh, where anyone else in the world is selling a specialty round. We do more specialty rounds than anyone in the world that anyone I know has ever heard of. And these are the fruits. The miraculous metal Medjugorje round will change people's eternity. Since Fatima, our lady said, God wants to establish devotion to my immaculate heart so more souls will be saved. Did you know the story, <laughs> about, the story about, um, I think my son Kyle was telling me about, he knew somebody that was doing rounds, and they, uh, he saw that somebody had, he went into some place and saw that they had the miraculous metal Medjugorje round, and the buyer who was buying, he come up in the area and buy everything. Saw it. He says these I've I've been buying. He says I'll, I'll take every one as you can get. He's taking them and reselling them on the market, used market, uh, for much higher than what you can get them brand new minute. Do you, you know that story? I don't know. I don't know exactly the story. I know that there are um, big companies on the selling these on the secondary market. Of course, for a lot more. Um, one of the bigger ones said, "There's no way that we could be doing it for a dollar fifty. Um, just about hung up on somebody that that called and they didn't believe that we were doing it. Uh, but yeah, certainly they're on the the uh, secondary market. People are selling them, and then uh, people are getting a premium. But the but the round's beautiful. It, it it's you know, sought after. Yeah, somebody has said you're you're devaluing it by making it so low. It's too pretty to be that low. And but that's you know what." what you want for, um, you know, to keep it as a ministry, to keep it holy, and to, you know, do the best that we can for those that uh, that love and support this mission. Our side is for one thing, for conversion. The miraculous metal brings conversion. It's proven over 160 or 70 years. Our Lady asked for it. She reaffirmed it in Medjugorje to Maria. That anybody carries this, pray for their salvation. If you have that, you transmit it, you put it back in the currency, you put it back into whatever you need or your land, and somebody else gets it because they take silver. You can go sell it. The miraculous metal measure go around is pure silver, 9.999 silver. 
And that purpose and our intentions and our motivation was to use this thing of exchange that people have to have anyway to bring conversion. This is the best purpose for us. Every, every right turn we make, every left turn up and down, every step we take, we're looking at means to bring more conversion. Our lady says this and teaches this. She says it today, conversion, in our message to Mariana. We seek conversion. This has been a very valuable tool for that. Frank, to contact you, ask more questions. Yeah, you can contact us toll-free, 877-936-7686. You can reach us online uh, at globalsilverinvestors.com, and you can email us at globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com. Last comment? Yeah, remember uh, care toss and the retooling, uh, fundamental glory safety, at least $2 an ounce on it, all the um, silver you've bought, in, and if you you know got in early, just remember... Um, Caritas and this mission, they have very, very important uh, things and projects that they're working on, and they need us to be behind them. I want to just add to that as we close it. Maria, of course, is coming July 1st to the 5th, and we have a lot of things to do. We want to close out the retooling. We want this behind us. We've got a lot, a lot of things to do and projects. You've seen the projects in the past. You know what they produced. And it's conversion. You don't even know what we've got planned, and we can't announce it. We won't announce it because often Satan will interfere with it. But we've got major things going on, and we need your help. We'll meet with you again tonight. We look forward to that for the second of the month message. We wish you, Our Lady. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional.